Welcome to the Healthy Hypochondriac. I am your host, Karen, a.k.a. Pickles, and I am interviewing Angelina Asante, um, a former Red Sox uh, fantasy <laughs> camp player with me, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, reaching out to her now because I found out in the Red Sox camp three weeks ago that she is still out of her house due to that dreadful Hurricane Ian that we had down here yeah, in Florida. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, so that happened September 28th. We're approaching month number four. Yep. I live in Cape Coral. I was not misplaced. I found out that my uh, player here, uh, played on the Red Sox with me, is not in her home yet, and it's been almost four months. Yep. And I find that as time goes on, the hurricane isn't discussed much, but just driving here, which was about 40 minutes ride, I still see signs knocked down, signs pointing wrong ways. I see debris. So yep. we're still living... Like Even like the, the traffic lights are all crooked, yeah. like it's all, all over town. Like there's very few of them that are hanging by both yep. things you're supposed to be hanging from. Yeah. I'm like, is that going to follow me? Every time I go under a light, I get nervous. Yep. There's poles, telephone poles that are still like uh, not straightened. They look like they're going to fall. There's a lot of dead grass from all the debris. There's still debris. Yes. Yeah. There's so much debris. So I'm reaching out to you about this hurricane because like I said, I live in Cape Coral. We on our street were not affected too bad. I mean, the water did come up to our door at the worst point of, I think that was around 730 at the night of the hurricane, but it receded. Yeah. But we found that on our street that there were at least two homes that were totally wiped out. It was like hit or miss. Yeah, it was now, weird. how about you now? You live in Fort Myers. Right. So how did the hurricane affect you? Were you home the day of the hurricane? So I was not home and... What's weird is I was in a category five building because we live on the water and we had a mandatory evacuation and I lived in that house for 20 years. So I was really annoyed that I had to pack up and leave. So, because I'm like, we've already ridden out several hurricane five hurricanes oh, wow. and nothing ever happened. We've never had damage. So I packed up a little overnight bag, not knowing oh. that was it. Okay. I was not going to have any other stuff from my home. So you left the house, you had a place to go. Yep. And how did you withstand the storm where you were at? You were in a building? Well, it it's tilt up construction is concrete. Okay. So it was extremely quiet. I was right near JetBlue. I'm like oh. a mile away from JetBlue Park. And then I was right near the international airport here in town. Oh. So high and dry, quiet. Um, I lost internet service. So I was the phone service was really spotty because all the towers were down. Okay. So I could only contact certain people and only certain people could contact me. Then I started getting texts from people from Massachusetts the next day asking if I was alive. Wow. Yeah. And that was a really weird thing yeah. because I was like, what? what is going on? But all of my social media, because I used to live near the beach, all of it says Fort Myers Beach. And oh. I never changed any of it. So people who don't know or I can't contact are looking at the devastation on the news, which I only have an emergency radio. I can't see any yeah. of this stuff. I had no idea that the beach had been decimated. Yeah. And so when I actually was able to leave and look at the damage, it was horrifying. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's something that people, even all the people that came down to play ball the last three weeks, I don't think they you know, really saw the grand scope of it all. Right. Well, know? and even, and I regret not taking pictures, even driving by JetBlue every day, like the National Guard took over 
Yeah, they <laughs> were there. Blue. So you would see the Red Sox sign, and then you would see military police at the gate. Yeah. It was very surreal. It was all military vehicles, um, electric electrical vehicles, you know, the, the high line guy, or the power line guys. And then you would see like EMS and military wow. and it, the, the food trucks, the gas trucks. It was a really weird, like post-apocalyptic look. Yeah. Down here. They were, they were lucky to have that as a staging area yes. too. Yeah. It's a huge park. All right, so getting back to your experience with the hurricane, you're in a building and you have windows that you could see out. Did you see? I recorded a video of it lightly drizzling where really? I was. That was it. I had little wind with the few palm trees. Wow. It, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I, I had ridden out several other hurricanes and wow. I just had no idea what was going on on the, on the coast. Well, we had just moved here two years ago, so we didn't know what to do and... We asked our neighbors, and some of them said they were staying, so we said we'd stay. But we had to close our hurricane shutters. So we were in the house probably from, I think, around 2.30 we lost power, and uh, the, the hurricane shutters were down and rattling like crazy, but we could not see anything. And uh, not until we opened the door just at 7.30 because we were, you know, we were terrified, uh, we saw that our street had become a river. If we wanted to go to across the street, we would have had to swim, you know. Mm -hmm. So, it, and then luckily, like I said, it did recede. But um, we didn't get those hurricane shutters up for at least another week because there was no power, and there was the water was just trickling out of the faucets. And they would say, "Well, you have to boil it," and then we'd say, "How will we boil it? We don't have electricity." So it was like a, it was a big cluster mess. Let's yeah. say. But now you're over. So I, I lived through it in the sense I lived in our driveway for a week with a, a gas grill we ended up. We had no, um, uh, not what was it that every, generators. We didn't have generators. Oh, yeah, no, we were we borrowing neighbors' generators yep. just to charge our phones and everything. Um, so I didn't see what it looked like. I heard it. So you saw it, and you didn't see bad. So when did you find out that your home had suffered? It was probably like 8.30 the next morning. My neighbor had texted me and said, you're not home, are you? And I said, no, why? And she said, it's bad. Ooh. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, the whole entire neighborhood is underwater. So we live on the water and on the downtown exit of Fort Myers. So for people who don't know, all of that water that came in from the ocean, the storm surge, came from Sanibel, and the ocean runs right into downtown Fort Myers. So all of the water pushed inward to the downtown river and flooded everything wow. downtown. So when did you get back to your house? Well, we we, we were we we weren't supposed to, but we drove back. Oh, you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we drove back. My my husband has an SC. I mean, an STV, <laughs> an SUV. And we drove, like, we drove over some stuff to get home because I, we just spent a ton of money renovating the whole entire house. Oh, boy. So we were not even back in the house for six months. New floors, doors, moldings, furniture, everything brand new, and it was all gone. Wow. So you were able to drive up to your house? Yep. Open the door? The, the water had actually receded uh -huh. for the most part. And we did have some water and some what I thought was river mud on the floor. And I found out from our insurance guy that it was the septic oh, in the boy. neighborhood. So we're walking through the house and it just was 
just undescribable. Everything was ruined. Stuff, stuff I can't replace. Like my grandmother was an artist. She's been gone for five years and like her artwork was all oh, ruined wow. and stuff I can never get back that I, you know, that's more priceless than like a Van Gogh to me. Right, I'll right, never right. get that stuff back and family photos. And I, the worst part for me besides losing that stuff is looking at all the scavengers in our neighborhood, like we would put all the stuff, like our insurance guy came in and said, I'm totaling the whole interior of the house. Yeah. It had to be taken down to the studs. You like, you lose everything. It's just so shocking to, to even going through cancer could not prepare me. This, yeah. this was a worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. It's indescribable. So I would look out my window as we're throwing everything we own onto the street and there would be people taking it and leaving. Oh. And I was just like, it. I, I can't even describe how awful you feel that someone's taking your yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. It's like bad mojo for it's them, terrible. I would think. You know, I would terrible. Never touch well, I'll it. tell you what. I was a big thrift store shopper. I'm never going to buy stuff from a thrift store again because I don't want somebody's flooded, oh, bacteria-ridden yeah, yeah. <laughs> septic. Yeah. I don't want any of that. It's so gross. You don't, I never thought about that all the years I lived in Florida and was like going antique shopping and, you know, think I'm getting a really good deal at the thrift store. I never, ever considered in my, in my life, what could have happened to that stuff oh. before I brought it into my home. Well, now you mention it, right. It's so gross. <laughs> so when you're talking about scavengers, these people actually came down the streets and I like I my street was the same way but I wouldn't even think about touching the people's stuff because you know that's you yeah, and that's yeah, me yeah. but that's not a lot of other people so I mean when what were you putting out that they could take at this point that wasn't waterlogged picture everything in your home like picture everything like stuff was waterlogged that's yeah. the weird stuff like Anything on the floor, anything on the walls that were like up to a certain level, everything's disgusting. Yeah. Everything is contaminated. And what the insurance guy told us was anything past a hurricane three has a bunch of like really severe toxins in it. Oh. And you, you can't keep any of it because, because I thought, oh, just like spray the house down yeah. with Clorox and run some air dryers on it or something. Like I had no idea the level of loss we would have because I've never known anyone to lose their home yeah. before and to lose it in such a terrible way. Because when we got back in the house, the water had like receded and other than, you know, a little bit of water in the floor, although we did have wood floors. So every, we knew the floors were yeah. gone, but I, in my brain thought, well, I can salvage all this stuff. Like it, to me, I yeah. didn't really comprehend how toxic the situation was. Well, how fast did you figure that you couldn't save it. I mean, we we went in with your husband. You're well, looking at debris or we have I, waterlogged house. We literally called our insurance agent the moment we got back. So it was literally not even 24 hours after the hurricane ruined our house. We we called our insurance company. We filed a claim, and basically what he told us was anything in storm, you know, category three and over, you you're wow. you can't keep it. Now, did you have hurricane shutters on the house? I did, but it rose up from the ground. So, so they the, were shut? Yeah, the shutters didn't shut? do anything. Yeah. So that one day when you came back, you obviously had to pack a bigger bag because you took nothing, you said, the first... Uh, yeah, but first there wasn't much to take because you, everything's everything's wet. Everything's, what about clothes on hangers in a closet? Anything that was on my top, anything on my top tier I could take. Anything on my top tier, wow. yeah. Even things hanging on hangers were... 
Yeah, they 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 said they said that they don't recommend anything really? that got touched by by the water. Oh they said you boy! Can, they said you can try to sanitize it, but they said anything on the upper level. So I did pack the upper levels. Wow! Yeah, but it's it's absolutely shocking. Yeah, you'd have to have lived through it to even believe yeah. it. Because, like I said, it, it, you know, I think our, my relatives up in the New England area were more aware of what was happening down here than me because that hurricane took a turn like the day before it was headed right. to Tampa. Yep. So here we are sitting in Cape Coral, and when I had the, the news on, it was like 1 in the afternoon that day. It was just very eerie looking outside, but um, all of a sudden they were showing, you know, that the cone heading toward us, and it right. was like at this point too late to do anything. Yeah. So we lived through it, um, but there are people like yourself who are still living through it. Yeah. You know, so... So did you just walk away then from everything? You just put everything out to the curb? So basically what had to happen was we had to clear out our house because we had to make way for the storm demo team. Oh, my God. Because you have to demo your house immediately or you'll get mold. Wow. So we demoed our house within a week, and we were we had moved forward, I think it was like two or three weeks later, with a contractor to start rebuilding immediately because I was afraid that if we waited till now when everyone was starting to get paid, oh, yeah. we wouldn't be able to get a contractor. So we started we tried to start building immediately and then when the contractor came out of the house, he said, You have mold. Oh. And I was like, What? And he said, I need a certificate to rebuild before I can even touch this house. He goes, it's, you, you absolutely need to have this thing treated for mold. Uh, so we weren't expecting that. So then we had to have the house treated for mold. So then we called FEMA and said, we need housing. The FEMA inspector came out. She said, oh, you know, yeah, you definitely qualify. This is a really, this is a biohazard. You can't live here. And she said, I'm going to put you down for housing. And then literally the next day we were denied housing. Why? Because they said your insurance should pay for it. And then the insurance said FEMA should pay for it. See, that, this yeah. is why I'm doing this podcast. Because people think, oh, those people are getting help down there. Yeah. I don't know anyone who's getting help. Yeah. And people love to go on TV and brag about how much they're doing for this area. But who's doing it? Are they doing it for? Because I know several people like me that lost everything in their home. I have a friend whose home was totally washed away. Wow. And they're getting zero help from anyone. Wow. Why is it that they had, besides the pointing blame, your insurance company should do it, FEMA should do it, who, where did the buck stop that you... I, I don't, we had to pay for this house out of, out of our own bank account. Oh. So yeah, the house that we're staying in now, we had to pay for it out of our pocket. And as you know, the supply and demand issue here oh, yeah. is a real problem. We paid like a ridiculous amount of money for the house just, we're staying in. Just to get a place to stay. Yep. Wow. So when did when did somebody step up to say well, they were responsible to pay you? Was the insurance company working with you now? Well, we just got paid two weeks ago and we've already almost totally rebuilt the entire house. And now the mortgage company is holding our money and won't release it because they said that they're going to disperse it um, a little bit at a time. And we told them we've already spent so much money. It's, I don't even want to tell you the amount. People wouldn't even believe it yeah. to rebuild the house. And they said, well, we don't do it like that. We do it in oh. increments. And we're like, we're out all of yeah. this money and they don't care. No one cares. I think that's the worst part is no one gives a crap about what people are living. I personally know several people who left the area because they had to wait for insurance to give the money to even gut their home. People have been living in mold. People have been living 
just in really toxic environments that they absolutely should not be living in because they're waiting for anybody to help them and they can't get help. So anything that was in your house, anything, if you had a picture on the wall that wasn't touched by water or whatever, you had to get rid of that? If it was high enough, you could keep it because we went in right away and got it. The problem is people aren't like us. We'll say you even have like elderly or disabled people. They're not going to be able to physically go in and do what we did and we had like our family and we also had friends and neighbors and like everybody came together to help each other so we had people helping us because you if you look at your home right now like think about having to remove every single thing from your home it's it's absolutely especially because you've got a mold issue now right so we couldn't have anything in our entire house because of the mold the spores and it, it just is like your worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's just amazing. I mean, if anyone listened to your prior pro- podcast with me, we were talking about Red Sox baseball because that's how yeah. we met a few weeks ago. How did you – no, that's September 28th, the hurricane hits. You know you're going to be reporting to camp, I think, January 4th. How did you know that you should proceed and become a baseball player for a week when you were living in such uh, different circumstances – you know, in your life. Well, I will tell you, like, I needed that week. Like, I was so looking forward to that. I drove by JetBlue at least three or four times every day because of my husband's office. So we would drive by JetBlue, (laughs) see the military and all the trucks there. And I would say, oh, please, God, please let there be camp. Yeah. I I needed it so badly. And I was really worried it wasn't There was a fear. Yeah, I remember some emails going out saying that they'll keep us informed. I kept driving by. And then as the weeks turned into months, the vehicle started to leave and the military (laughs) started to leave and the gas truck started to leave. And I was like, everything's coming back to, I don't want to say normal because my life is clearly not normal, but you know, it's, it's getting better, I guess. I'm, I'm, I'm moving into my house in two weeks. It's not done. We're not going to have, you know, critical things in the house to but I have nowhere to go. Yeah. This house has another renter coming in, so I have nowhere to go. And that's how it, that's how a lot of people have had to uh, survive down here, moving yeah. place to place. And and the, sum, the supply and demand was, like, incredible. Yeah, because I, I stayed on my father-in-law's – I stayed on an air mattress for three months in my father-in-law's living room wow. for three months. I did not realize like how spoiled I am, like how, what a good life I had, like before this happened, because I'm like so lucky that I don't have to sleep on an air mattress. Well, you take so much for granted. Yeah. My God. I just, what a horrible experience. Because I think after it was a week when we had no power, uh, we decided to go out and try to clean the lanai, which was a mess. And uh, the screens and pool cage were, you know... They had a lot of damage like everybody else. But when we got out there, our pool was somewhat blue. A lot of people had that brackish water. I, we did, too. Did you? Yeah, we had to, oh, yeah, it was gross. It's just gross, yeah. yeah. You know, there was the river water in your pool and everything. So we were out there with a hose and scrubbing. I mean, and this is a week of not having really water or, you know. Um, power. Power, yeah. yeah. And we had cleaned out our refrigerator and all the neighbors who were like, snowbirds that were still up north we were going into their houses and handing out all the food you know before uh, while it was still good we were giving it to the workers who were coming to cut trees down yeah so anybody that was helping in the neighborhood it was uh people cutting trees down uh what else landscapers 
uh, whoever was showing up, we were cooking the food from neighbors on our grill and handing it out, and, you know, and, and that's what we had to do. But when we came back in from the lanai that one day, um, my husband noticed a light on in the garage, and the feeling nice. of, uh, you know, I, it was almost too good to be true. You had to go in and start flipping switches to see. I mean, our house was in pitch darkness for that whole week because the hurricane shutters yeah. were down, so... We had no airflow at all. We couldn't open windows. We could, you know, so it was, we took too much for granted, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. But when the power came back, because there were poles down leading into our neighborhood too. So until those poles went up, no one was getting power. So when the, those trucks first came through, uh, it was very exciting. Yeah. You know, but like you say, you, you don't, it, whether it we're spoiled or whether we're just, uh, you take a lot for granted, you work hard for everything you have. And, yeah. and to have it just it, taken away in a heartbeat is just, um, something hard to grasp. Yeah, it's really, it really is terrible. But you did decide to play for the uh, Red Sox Women's Fantasy Camp yep, just because it took you away for a week. So for that time, you were not on the phone with contractors or yeah. anybody else. So that, And then you were the superstar getting all those walk-off <laughs> hits and everything to, to propel you into the World Series win, and now you get to go up to Fenway and get a World Series ring. Yeah, I think that win was important. Like, I really needed that, and then I think my family needed that boost because it's been difficult. It's been difficult even for my pets because I oh, had right. to rehome my dog. Oh. He's staying with my father-in-law, and I had to rehome my two cats. So, and they're staying with my mom and dad, and they're just so annoyed every time they see me. My cats, not my parents. <laughs> my cats get really annoyed every time I go there. Like, they, even when I touch them, they're like, yeah. Wow. Like, they, they're so wow. angry. Because, you know, poor little things, they have no, they have no clue yeah. what's going what on. Happened? Where were they during the hurricane, your pets? In my husband's office. Oh, so, you brought them all yeah, with Yeah, we brought them all oh, with, yeah. With so, they us. haven't been in their house then since September 28th. Yep. Yeah, so they yep. don't know what's going on. Nope. Was, were all the houses where you live, were they all destroyed? All flooded, yeah. Flooded. Everybody was flooded, yep. Wow. And that was like a, a different part of Fort Myers, nowhere near the beach, per se, which also got hit bad. Right. right? So, you know, it was far and wide, this hurricane, what with the damage it did to residents down here. Yeah. And I think it's an afterthought now. I think people think we're all set and everything, but... You can go down any road, just take a, a drive, and you'll see. You'll see. Yep. You know, and and, and this is the, this is the part that's sad. People that had generational homes lost yeah. their homes, oh, wow. and the the state or the city has said you can't rebuild there. Oh. So now people lost generational homes. They can't rebuild, and you've got mega investors coming in this area and buying everything up in sight. Yeah. And so I'm kind of annoyed because I feel like. You know, this is going from a nice little beach community to I don't know what it's going to turn into, you know. Why would they tell them that they couldn't rebuild a generation home? Um, there's some, like now they have this thing called Miami Hurricane Code. Oh. You have to, I think there's some elevation issues. Oh, okay. Um, so my husband would know more about yeah. that because he's an engineer, you know, and does all that stuff. Like I, I think it's going to do with elevation levels and... Um, and obviously, money costs. So yeah, because they want to you to. They want everything rebuilt and, to, you know, to, to, to right. new hurricane codes and something. Well, yeah. Well, I'm you know I'm happy that you're going to be in your house very soon. Yeah, me too. You know, it'll be a big um, change, and you still have a lot of work to get done there. Yep. But at least you'll be under your own roof. No, I know, and I'll have my pets back, and everything yeah, will be back. somewhat oh. normal again. Well, I'm glad that you're doing well. Thank considering, you. Considering, you know. Yeah, yeah. it's it's terrible. 
I, I, I am going to put some tips on our, our show notes for people who have gone through the loss of a home because it really is traumatizing. I, I, I really, I went the whole time I went through cancer. I never cried once, oh. you know, I had months of my life and never cried through any of that. And I was an absolute wreck through this experience yeah. because, you know, your one thing, your one constant in your life is your home yeah. and everything revolves around your home. And when you don't have your home, it's terrible. Yeah. And, and plus you had already just redone it. No, I know that sucked before. too. Yeah. 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 It was really sad. Well, you're on your way to better things. Yep. Thank it's God. Happening. Yes. All right. Well, thank you for having me on pickles. Oh yeah. Anytime. <laughs> when you think of something else you want to talk about, just give me a ring. Okay. All right. Thank All you right. everyone. Well, this is Angelina Santi signing off. And pickles, Karen, <laughs> a.k.a.